Well, welcome everyone to Smarter. And remember, Smarter is all about getting smarter together. And together means today we have a guest named Mandy Day. Mandy, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for being a part of Smarter. Uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation and uh, looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your leadership journey. Me too. Thanks for including me. Hey, you are more than welcome. So, you know, one of the things that I love about Smarter is that we get to talk about leadership and we get to talk about kind of the profession of HR, talent, and uh, that's been obviously a core part of who you are and what you're all about uh, for a lot of your career. So what I thought would be fun to start with today in our conversation um, is for you to introduce yourself just a little bit, role, place you work, all those types of things, and then we'll kind of go from there and we'll go all the way backwards and kind of talk a little bit about kind of the origin story of where Mandy came from and how she got where she is today. Yeah, happy to. So Mandy Day, if I'm in trouble, my name's Amanda. Um, okay, good. good to know. So Mandy, um, I am the vice president of global talent acquisition at Cigna. So um, Cigna is a healthcare company trying to better the healthcare for everybody in the world. I've been with Cigna um, almost nine years. I feel lucky every single day that I get to wake up and do my job. Um, um, as I said, it's a global role. I have about 200 employees um, that report up into me globally. Um, and it's a really great place to work. They say that C and uh, Cigna is for change and we're all about change and um, starting and trying new things. So look forward to getting into that a little bit today. Well, awesome. Yeah. And actually, that's a that's actually a really good kind of um, kind of tip for me, because I think change is something that we have to talk about as leaders, especially in today, today's world with so much rapid and progressive change. So we'll get back to that uh, for okay. sure. So to begin with, then start with your origin story. Like, you know, most people don't go, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to be an HR executive working in talent for Cigna, right? That's just yeah. not the, the story. So where did you kind of, where'd you grow up? And then kind of how did you get into this business to begin with? Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up with a very close-knit family, um, mom, dad, sister, um, my dad was actually in HR and growing up, I always thought, oh my gosh, I never want to do what he does. Um, I went to college and I specifically picked the college I went to, Marist College, because they had the number one criminal justice program um, at the time. And I wanted to be in the FBI or do something in criminal justice. So I went through that. I got a four-year degree, uh, my bachelor's in criminal justice with a focus on um, crime scene investigations. And then 9-11 happened and I kind of looked around the world and thought, where do I want to be in the next 10 years? And I shifted and I stayed at Marist and I got my master's of public administration, um, which led me down a path of my parents saying, Mandy, you need to get a job um, and yeah, pay for your yeah. master's. So um, I ended up getting my master's in public administration and doing that, I did an internship with Hydric and Struggles um, and I started as a researcher. I was lucky enough that my dad was a partner at Hydric and Struggles at a time at that time. Um, Hydric went public and three of the partners decided to break off on their own um, and start their own search firm called Oak Hill Partners. And I joined them as a researcher right after my graduation. So I say I went from kind of investigating criminals to investigating people um, and making sure that I was helping companies make the right decision on kind of the human capital that they um, bring into yeah. their organization. 
Well, it's so interesting. You know, I, I, I chuckle and we actually had a conversation a while ago about, you know, so often we go to college and then we end up not using our direct degree, but yeah. there's inferred knowledge and experience and we can kind of tongue in cheek saying criminal, you know, looking at, you know, kind of doing yeah. uh, a degree in, in criminology and, and background maybe helps you a little bit in HR, uh, but all kidding aside, it's interesting to me, you know, you had a dad who grew up uh, you grew up with your dad who was in HR uh, yeah. and you're like, I don't want to do that. What was it or why, why, what did you see in him? And something yeah. has shifted obviously because your career is in that now. And it's not yeah. because you don't like it. You're passionate about it. Right. Yeah. So what was it you saw? And then what was it that maybe made you go, Oh, I maybe misunderstood it or I've grown to understand it differently. Yeah. I think back then when I watched him and this is, you know, 30 years ago, I think HR was um, more behind the scenes. I don't think mm. they had a seat at the table at the time. Um, I think they were more transactional in, in nature, you know, the old school, you know, payroll, right? Printing checks in the basement. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to do something different, right? I wanted to have a seat at the table. Um, I wanted to add value to a company because of, you know, what I bring myself. Um, not that I knew how to do back office work. Back office work is critically important. And I learned that very early on in my career. Yep. If the back office doesn't work. The front office doesn't work. Right. Um, but I think the evolution of HR over time and how diversified the roles can be um, and me finding my niche in talent acquisition, I think I have the coolest job. I have kind of um, a peek into all aspects of the company and um, all of the kind of upward mobility a company can have based on the talent that they need to hire into an organization or move within an organization. So, um, you know, I quickly turned and fell in love with it and I never left it. Yeah. You know, I think that's such an important uh, exclamation point to make though. We uh, are in HR today. We are a talent forward mindset, right? Yeah. Every industry, especially healthcare in uh, the area that you serve, um, it has to be talent forward. So it's now that front facing, uh, you know, constant thought about being proactive around your people that makes HR today such an uh, amazing, vibrant place. I love the fact that you've been able to see that almost bookends, right, of your dad being in it, maybe when it was a little bit more of a back of the house. And today yeah. you're this vital global leader, really challenging probably how Cigna is doing business in some senses mm -hmm. based on people, based on skills, based on talent and based on uh, how you're trying to grow the business. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, um, I think it's important that when you look at HR, it's important for me to know kind of the gravity of what my role can do and what the role of a TA function, a well-oiled machine can do yeah. um, of either helping grow the company or quite frankly, making poor decisions and hurting the company. So yeah. I take that really seriously every day and I instill that in my team. Um, also something I think we forget often is, you know, everybody that I'm trying to recruit likely is a customer of Cigna, right? So always keeping that at the forefront of, you know, they're probably using us for whether it's medical insurance or pharmaceuticals or yeah. kind of our healthcare arm, right? So um, I think it's just a really cool opportunity to help grow the company. Yeah, I think uh, having kind of that broad aperture of thinking about people as people, not just as talent or employee, but really thinking about them in whole is really uh, interesting. It sounds like it's just almost 
like a known thing for you. It's not something you have to think about. You actually own that idea. So when I think about you, then just quick, real quick on that college progression, getting into mm -hmm. research, getting into executive search, moving into corporate America, yeah. <clears throat> you had you had some perseverance pieces that you needed to do, right? You go yeah. in and we all go into these idealized kind of degrees and <clears throat> we find out that we have to pivot and change. But it sounds yeah. like you've had a real willingness to be flexible and to change. Have you found that to be the case, number one? And then number two, um, do you feel like it serves you even today in your executive role um, at yeah. Cigna? Yeah, I mean, fle flexibility and resilience, right? I think that's one of the critical things that's made me successful in, in my career. Um, you know, when I went in and I joined an executive search firm at 21 years old and I was recruiting um, C-suite executives, nobody wanted to talk to a kid on a phone. So I very early on had to work on kind of the inflection in my voice and tailor my pitch in a way. And boy, what a daunting task that was. Right? Wow. Work for a leader that I knew if I didn't produce candidates that day, my job was going to be on the line, right? Mm -hmm. So um, to really have to kind of work hard on that and then grow into a corporate environment um, where people count on you every single day, not just for kind of jobs, but for the, the entire talent ecosystem. Um, it changes every day, right? I would say we were top of our top of our game four years ago and then COVID happened, right? And the world of talent acquisition, whether you're an external recruiter, or an internal recruiter, a search firm, um, a vendor changed of how we actually bring people into the company and quite frankly, what they're looking for and what attracts them. The old way of attracting um, candidates doesn't work anywhere, anymore. And the kind of the way of keeping employees has drastically changed. So being resilient all through that, I often talk to early career professionals and they're so focused on getting into a certain college, like this number one pick, and they want to go there because it has this, this one program that they want to go into. And you and I talked a little bit about the likelihood that you actually go out and use that in the world is not a hundred percent, right? It's even less right. than 50%. So yep. being flexible and, and joining one, a school that you like, and you want to spend the next four years there. And um, you like the culture, I think is the most important thing. Yeah. And two, when you're coming out, especially in the workforce today, having the flexibility to say, you know, maybe I went to school for marketing. There's no roles open in that. So what can I use of the skills that I've learned for myself um, to join a company and continue to grow in a way that I see myself doing and being proactive and resilient in that? Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that four-year degree, not only should it be a great cultural thing for you, you feel great being there and there's that communal piece, <clears throat> excuse me. But I also think too, it's, it, you know, four-year degree is going to help you learn how to think differently, right? It's going absolutely. to change and challenge you to think in in new ways. And I think that can be one of the most important pieces of a four-year degree. So let's <clears throat> fast forward. So you went from executive search into the corporate world. And if I have my numbers right, Cigna is a big organization, 74,000 people worldwide. Um, you have 165 million people that you serve, or 60, 165 million people that you yep. serve, mm -hmm. um, 50 countries. So we're yep. talking about we're talking about culture, language, role, responsibility. It's a big job. Can you talk a little bit about your role at Cigna and the scale by which kind of you're thinking with your 200 employees, yeah. how you're thinking about leading that talent game? Because you just 
by stating those those numbers there, Mandy, we just made that idea that you just gave us real. Like yeah. it matters today. What I do matters for this global mm-hmm. company that's serving people at the core of who they are, their health. Right. Yeah. That's a big deal. So talk a little bit about the scale of your your role there. Uh, what's a day in the life of Cigna? And I want to yeah. dig in a little bit more around that. Yeah. So last year we hired about 24,000 people came through our recruitment process for my team. Um, And if you think about that, right, 24,000 people, whether that was an internal move or an external move, we're lucky enough to have about a 50-50 split in that. Um, This year, we hope to be higher in that, as you know, Jess, that we implemented Phenom and it's helping us with kind of our overall internal talent management recruitment process. Um, It was easier for an employee to find a job on LinkedIn for Cigna than it was for an employee to look at our own careers page and find a job for themselves, right? LinkedIn had the AI and it was cultivating jobs that they should look at within their own company. Um, So, you know, my team and I thought about that to say, we need to change that, right? We have 74,000 employees, which are 74,000 candidates that we could be touching every single day. Yeah. COVID made that huge shift for us. People weren't looking to leave companies. They wanted to stay. They wanted to stay where they felt comfortable, where they felt appreciated, where they knew what tomorrow would bring. Um, So creating a world where that can exist and they can try something outside of their swim lane, um, creating an ecosystem where maybe they don't want a career change. Maybe they're not ready to make a shift from, you know, marketing to finance, but they want to learn more about it. So creating a system internally where people have the ability and the advantage to do that. And also quite frankly, in the external marketplace, how do we look our, make ourselves look good by branding ourselves, right? Yes. And has been great at helping us through that. You know, a day in a life of recruiting in Mandy and within the, the Cigna culture is every single day is different. Um, I think you see that, right? The Supreme Court decision yesterday, um, you know, we huddle together and say, how does that, how does that change the way we have to recruit? The good news is it doesn't, right? Having a diverse workforce and a diverse culture makes us stronger every single day. And we will continue yeah. to do that. Um, but it just shows you how one day looks very different than the next and staying focused on what does a business need? What's our drive as we call it to 2025? How do we become the best health health insurance company we possibly can. And yeah. at the core of that every single day is our people. Yeah. So, you know, it's so interesting because I, I hear you talking about the site, right? 24,000 hires, having to talk with your team about immediate things like federal uh, decisions on the, in the court yeah. system, or it could have been, obviously we could even go all the way back to COVID, although we won't go back and rewind yeah, that. That's been talked about so much. Yeah, no, we yeah. won't, but those are real, those are real items. And so what I hear though, is that flexibility you learned early, you've been able to build up to now, <clears throat> but here's the, here's the challenge I'd love you to dive into. Um, it's easy. It feels easy to hear you talk about the role you have. Yeah. But it's not an easy role. So yeah. can you talk about how your journey um, of your professional life has given you kind of the tensile strength to be able to still be flexible when there's so many variables, right? This is a big, bigger job than a lot of people have. Um, yeah. How do you prepare for that over years? If you look back how is it that you're able to think about it and say, you know what, I can still go home and actually eat dinner without going completely crazy thinking that this job yeah. is way bigger than I can ever handle? Yeah. 
I mean, some days I think it is, right? Some days you walk home and say, did I, did yeah. I bring my best, best self to work today, right? Did I do everything I possibly could? I, I, I tell you, when I took this job eight and a half years ago, um, I walked in with a smaller title, right? I had left an AVP title and I walked mm-hmm. into a director title at Cigna and I thought, I can do this job in my sleep, right? What I didn't know is the massive size and scale of Cigna from what I left at the Hartford and the complexities of the business we do and the strategies of everything behind what we do. Um, And within five minutes of my first day, I thought, why did they hire me, right? Mm. Like I can't do this job. Um, And I learned very quickly how important it is to talk to people, right? To ask the questions, to learn the business, to, to go deep. Um, to create kind of a cohort for yourself of kind of safe space of people you build a relationship with to say, I don't know everything. And you seem to know a lot. Do you mind having lunch with me on a weekly basis? Or do you mind if I grab 30 minutes with you? Um, And I did that. And I still do that, right? I Mm -hmm. have um, skip level meetings with um, the majority of my team, the 200 of them to learn from them and what they're doing. Um, I think as a TA leader, um, the less you get, the more you get away from kind of what's going on in the environment and not do search work anymore, the harder it is for you to feel what your employees are feeling. So I always keep a rec load myself of kind of active recruitment. Love that. Yeah, I love that. And what the market's saying. Um, And I think my number one thing that I've always done is I hire people that are better than I am. And I want every single one of them to want to have my job one day. And I don't think they want it today or tomorrow, but I want them to have that kind of willingness to learn and gravitas to say, some point I'm better than her, right? And yeah. I should have that role. So that's yeah. what I, I will be successful in my job if somebody surpasses me soon. Yeah, well, my lived experience with you, um, I would say that you, you embody that because there is a level of confidence that a leader needs to have when they say that they're willing to hire people that are stronger, better, faster than they are, right? right? And um, I hear that, but I also see that in you and even meeting some of your team, um, I know that to be true. So I, what I heard in, in, your, in your kind of talking about how do you actually have the full kind of, you're like, how do I put my arms around the job every day? First of all, it was experience. So I, even being able to actually come from other roles and other organizations, but then even the progressive roles inside of the organization um, at Cigna was important for your progression. I think that can be really important for leaders and young leaders, aspiring leaders. They're never satisfied where they're at. They always want more. And in that, yeah. they forget to stop and learn everything that they can voraciously in the current role. And what I love hearing you say is, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, the difference between being kind of unhealthy in a job and healthy in a job isn't being perfect in the job or knowing everything in the job. Healthy people ask for help. That's what they do. I don't know everything. I'm actually willing to be transparent. That's a really big leadership takeaway in my mind from you today is I came in, I had that question in my mind, like, why did they hire me? That's a big, that's a big existential kind of question that a lot of people then freak out and then they clam up, they close up and then they, they say, well, hopefully no one finds out where you actually said, no, that actually is a guide or an indicator that I need to actually move out and learn as much as I can. So it seems to me that that was a, that's a big piece of your success is your willingness to look for more information, to be Mm -hmm. transparent, to stretch 
and also stay in the business, like, you know, taking racks and things like that. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. It's being vulnerable, right? I think you yeah. get, all get to a certain level of our career and we think, I can't be vulnerable. Like they'll, they're going to see me. They're going to think I can't do my job where I see it as the opposite, right? Like being vulnerable and asking for help doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's I yeah. need help to do it now. Right. Yeah. And I don't do it every time, but gosh, there's a lot of people that work at Cigna and in any company that you're with that probably yeah. can help you work through something much faster than you can work through it on your own. So putting yeah. yourself out there and being vulnerable. I, I love that. Vulnerability is a really important word in leadership. And I just appreciate the story. That's a, that's a really good story. So I want to shift a little bit because we talked about change at the top of our conversation. Yeah. Um, I really feel like today we're not just living in change. We're living in constant and continuous change, right? Everything from mm -hmm. global marketplaces to uh, different um, modifications of the talent marketplace, changes in job, certainly the morph of and changes in technology. Um, yeah. Talk to me about, um, you know, we've talked about flexibility. We've talked about agility. We've talked about willingness to be transparent and vulnerable. Those are all pieces of change. When you're with your team and you say, okay, team, we made our, we made our annual plan, but something mid-year has changed that based on, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. How do you actually express the need to change and keep people in the game rather than have them tap out and go, I, yeah. I can't do this again because it's, yeah. I feel like the revolution of change is happening much faster today yeah. rather than it being kind of the slow will change now, but it'll be good for five years. Yeah. So um, we're going through a big change right now. I think a lot of companies are where you're bringing your workforce back to the office. Um, so that's a huge thing that's happening right now for us. And it's the evolution of what that looks like. Um, and how do we get ready for change? Right. You know, change is, change is common. Change is something that we have to do to stay on top of our game. Yeah. Um, when you look at the world today and how it's, it's whether it's automation or AI or, you know, flexibility in the workforce, or um, there's so many things that are happening in the evolution of, of what we do every single day. If you're not willing to change, it's going to pass you by. So I consider myself change hardy. Um, meaning I embrace the change. I fall into the change. I don't run away from the change. Um, falling in through the change means that you are part of that evolution. And just because it's changing and somebody else said you had to do something doesn't mean you have to do it in a certain particular way. So as a leader, talk to your team about it, be open, be transparent, embrace the change and show that you're willing to change. Your leadership team will start to change with you. And it's like an evolution that catches on throughout your organization. Um, and it's important for us to be stewards of the business, right? When you're, I keep saying this and, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't think this, I believe it today. Human resources is a steward of the business. We have a seat at the table. We're helping make key decisions. We're driving the business through kind of people and culture. Yeah. If we're sitting in our chair saying, I'm not doing that because I don't want to. We're, we're going to be passed by, right? Yeah. They're going to find somebody else that's willing to be a part of the evolution to get excited about it, right? So there's no reason not to try something, right? I always say you can go back to the way you were, but the majority- Right, you know that, right? Yeah, we know that what that is. So yeah. let's let's migrate from that and see what else we can do. Constant right. and continuous improvement uh, is the name of the game. And I think you're absolutely right to maintain that seat at the table. That's been hard won. Um, you have to think like a, you have to think like business. 
You can't mm -hmm. think like an administrator. There's no doubt about it. Um, so uh, the last few minutes that we have, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is what are some of the big picture talent issues that are top of mind for you right now at Cigna or yeah. just the marketplace? What are the big things you're seeing and changes that are, that are happening out there? What's on top of mind for you? Yeah, I think it's continuing to say, how do we attract people to Cigna and how do we keep them here once they're here? Um, and that's an evolution that I'm not sure anybody has quite figured out yet, right? So um, it's benefit, it's pay, it's internal mobility, it's flexibility of where you work, um, but also the industry is changing, right? So the healthcare industry overall is changing. So it's the ability now to for my team to recruit people externally that we probably wouldn't have tried to recruit before, right? So changing from looking for kind of um, health insurance hardy type people to technology mindset, right? Mm. So, or the AI mindset or exceptional marketeers or health coaches that are coaching on um, things like obesity and addiction, right? So, um, and it's getting my team excited about that. And it's also helping retrain all of us to recruit differently than we ever have before. So those are some, some top priorities. I think also, as we touched a little bit before, it's kind of on the internal movement of your employees. So yeah. 74,000 strong, 74,000 people that can rotate and do a different job and continue to develop their career. How do we harness that? And how do we use that as part of our recruiting ecosystem more than we ever have in the past? Yeah, and, and certainly I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you know, we are all kind of in HR. We didn't get into HR so, so we could use technology, but we have to use technology because we're in HR, right? We're kind of almost immigrants into that world, but we can't stay at, at arm's length. We have to embrace that technological piece because that's the key to having to, uh, the ability for 74,000 people to have right. their seat at the table as well, to be able to actually advocate for self and yeah. for you to be able to actually see them and be able to help kind of challenge them through mentorship or gig opportunities or new role opportunities that you maybe wouldn't have seen in traditional, you know, kind of siloed career mm -hmm. pathing, you know, uh, 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 strategies. Today, it's almost like a spider web, right? Some yeah. people could actually go, I could actually leap over this wall that used to be there to have a new role. That's big thinking because I think in HR, we've always wanted to control the pathways because that's the only way we keep things fair and legal yeah. and equitable. And today we're actually able to break that down. It feels like, and it feels like you're doing that at Cigna, that, that can almost feel completely counterintuitive to how mm -hmm. we've been trained in HR, but it seems like uh, Cigna is doing that. Yeah. I mean, listen, every at the core of HR is a human, right? Human resources. Love it. So yeah, that's right. The more you take away the human element, we always felt, gosh, if I start using technology to help me do my job, are they going to still need me? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. There's a human at, at, at the core of what human resources are. You know, I had a leader, a CEO once at a prior company sat me down and he said, Mandy, I need you to bring the human back into the talent acquisition team. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, we're so focused on having all of these kind of automated things in our process, we want people to realize who we are. So let's automate. And at the same time, making sure that we're doing those touch points at certain yeah. points of the process. Personalizing that, that experience that's criti critical to personalize. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. no, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's great. And 
good to have a CEO that's uh, that's human focused as well. That's that that right. doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, man, that's magic. It's really yeah. uh, quite remarkable. All right, so as we come to the kind of final few minutes here, uh, yeah. I've started to do this new new a little challenge for leaders, um, okay. and it's it's really called the three questions and. Um, I've got three different questions and you get to pick one, two, or three, and then okay. I'm going to ask you that question. So you won't know what question I'm asking, but the, the questions can be everything from kind of the books you're reading, leadership traits, people that have impacted you. So, all right. So what is it? It's going to be door number one, door number two, or door number three for you today. Okay. Um, I feel like I should be one today. Yeah, I think you should be number one today. <laughs> all right. So, um, uh, the question is, who in your life has influenced you the most and why? You know, mm -hmm. is it a coach, a friend, a parent, um, mm -hmm. a, a co-worker? And what about them helped you and influenced you the most? Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of influencer in, in my life. Um, but I'm going to go way back because um, I think this is the person that um, instilled kind of a really strong work effort in myself and kind of being resilient. Um, and that was my grandfather. His name was Andy Califar and he was an immigrant. So he came from um, Romania on a boat, got off on Ellis Island. Um, we got wow. him his, his plaque there um, at 14 years old. And he came to America with nothing on his, on his back, except a backpack and a, you know, a pair of shoes on his feet and a change of clothes. And um, didn't know anybody here besides his mother, father, and two brothers he traveled with, no money. Um, and he was able to make himself successful um, because he was such a hard worker and he didn't ever kind of take no for an answer. So joined the military at 15, um, became a Marine. Um, when he got out of the military, he had learned the reason he went to the military is he didn't know how to read or write or speak English. Um, they taught him that when he was there, um, he ended up getting out of the military, knew how to speak English. He had gotten his driver's license. He became a truck driver. Um, and he, you know, did kind of from the Indiana to, to Wisconsin of driving cattle. And, um, you know, his, his last wish that he wanted was be able to afford a, a home for his family. And he did that and, mm. um, talk about being resilient and, um, striving through kind of really difficult, tough times. So, um, I would say that, you know, the person that has made kind of the most impact on me and wanting to do better for myself, for my family, for the people around me would be my grandfather. And his name again was? Andy Califar. I love it. So, you know, I, I, I thank you for sharing that story. That is meaningful. Um, I, I truly believe that uh, stating someone's name puts vibrancy into not only you, but to our yeah. listeners, there's a vibration that goes out with that positive energy and to have someone um, that you can speak their name and that comes with it is yeah. absolutely fantastic. So thank you for sharing that story and honoring your, uh, your grandfather as well. That's, that's always a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. And to think about again, a lot of what you talked about that's important in your career and how you've been able to think about getting your arms around a big job like you have as a VP of talent at Cigna for a global organization goes back to an immigrant story is uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. So Mandy, this concludes our time at Smarter and I will guarantee you we have all got smarter together having you as a guest. Thank you so much for your time and your gift of sharing your story and your leadership journey. It's made a huge impression on me. 
Thanks, Jess. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Take care. Bye. All right, so I've got to tell you, that was just such a fun, smarter podcast to tape with Mandy Day from Cigna, VP of uh, Global Talent there. And um, here's some takeaways that I thought would be really important for us just to make sure we're thinking about as we actually exit smarter today. Number one is I love the fact that Mandy is this lifelong learner. This idea of learn the business and go deep to really understand. Why? Because HR is not a back office uh, business anymore. It is front of the house. It's critically important. We've earned our seat at the table and we need to continue to be at the table by learning the business and going deep and bringing great strategies forward. That's number one. The second one though, I think that was a really big theme throughout the entire conversation was this idea of being flexible and resilient. You know, from Mandy's time at college and shifting and changing um, her kind of aperture of where she was gonna go and then moving through different career opportunities and also obviously global events. I heard that a lot in her in that her willingness to always look for the better answer. So flexibility and resiliency, so important. The last one though, is this idea of being change hardy. I loved her phrase. And when Mandy talks about that, she said, when we're confronted with change, jump into it, like fall into the change. Don't run from it or close down from it. Then be a part of the change and the evolution that that change is indicating. Now you're in authorship mode rather than being mandated to. And I think that's a really important strategy for us to be able to continue to be brave and courageous and walk into and be a part of the change. So what I love, the last one was more of a business principle that Mandy talked about at Cigna, 74,000 employees. And I thought, I think a lot of times in talent, we can look at, uh, we can look at our employees and say, well, they're employees, they're no longer talent. That's not what Cigna is doing, nor Mandy and her team. They're looking at 74,000 employees as candidates and they are creating systems and structures and a brand promise for their employees that they're gonna have an opportunity to look for opportunities, the next opportunity at Cigna. So I thought that idea of making sure that you're continually focusing on and mobilizing your internal, uh, internal talent is really an important takeaway for all of us in talent leadership today. So there you have it. Thanks for joining me at Smarter, where we can all get smarter together.